Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. So, Kimberly, you were in the courtroom for us this week, the first time the justices were back since they went remote for COVID. What'd you see? Right. Yeah, we were back in the courtroom after 19 months off. Um, One thing I did not see was uh, my computer working properly. Um, After 19 months, it was pretty mad at me for leaving it on and not um, actually working on it. But besides that, everything else went pretty smoothly. The audience in the courtroom is pretty skeletal. There's uh, the justices, court staff, some law clerks, and a handful of reporters. And one of the great things about being back in the courtroom um, with the limited audience is that we, because of social distancing, we're not sitting in our normal seats. We're kind of fanned out throughout the courtroom. um, And it's nice to take a different view of the justices. The justices themselves, some of them have a different view as well. Uh, There was some shuffling on the bench um, due to the addition of Amy Coney Barrett. One justice, though, who didn't get to be inside the courtroom was Justice Kavanaugh, who tested positive for COVID. So he is participating remotely. Uh, One thing that I thought was pretty cool was that they've uh, kind of piped his audio into the courtroom. So he is this booming voice of God whenever he wants to uh, to ask questions. What else, Jordan? What else do you want to know? Well, you said that there was just one justice who was wearing a mask, right? That's right. So even though everyone in the audience is wearing masks and not just any mask they provide you with N95s. Uh, the justices themselves do not wear masks except for Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Um, she's been sporting a black mask um, all week. Of course, it's pretty well known that Justice Sotomayor um, is diabetic, and so that could be one of the reasons why she's taking some extra precautions. Well, here's what's weird to me about that, because... If the situation is dire enough for Justice Sotomayor, or potentially dire enough, where she thinks that she needs to wear a mask, is it not odd then that her colleagues wouldn't do her the courtesy then of doing the same? Yeah, no, so the court has said that it's really up to each individual justice whether or not they wear a mask, and, you know, there we go. So should we get into this sneak peek? What's the first case we're going to hear on, not Monday, but for this shorter week with the federal holiday on Monday. On Tuesday, what's the first case? So the first case up on Tuesday is Cameron versus EMW Women's Surgical Center. This involves a Kentucky law that prohibits what's known as D&E abortions, um, which is the most common type of second trimester abortions. Now, we've been talking a lot about abortion uh, this term, um, particularly the SB8 out of Texas and another Mississippi law that the justices will consider later this term. And we haven't been talking about this case. And that's because the issue for the justices is really one of civil procedure. So in particular, the the question for the justices is whether a state attorney general can intervene to defend a law when a change in administration results in other executive officials no longer wanting to do so. Now, one thing to note here is that the Kentucky Attorney General had asked the justices to take a look at the law itself to kind of weigh in on the merits of the abortion law, 
But in granting the case, the justices just limited it to uh, this civil procedure question. So um, I don't expect the justices to get into the merits of that case. So Jordan, uh, there's another case on Tuesday, Thompson versus Clark. Tell us about this one. So Kimberly, our listeners know that there are a number of barriers to suing police. And this case asks if you first need to prove your innocence in order to do so. There's a circuit split over what happens when you're charged criminally, the charges are dropped, and then you want to sue for a Fourth Amendment malicious prosecution claim. The split is over whether a plaintiff needs to show the criminal case ended in a way that affirmatively shows their innocence, or whether it just needs to end in a manner not inconsistent with innocence. To illustrate the issue in this case, Larry Thompson was arrested by the NYPD. The prosecutor dismissed his case in the interests of justice. That's all they said. Thompson sued, but the Second Circuit, which covers New York, it's one of the circuits that says you need to show these affirmative indications of innocence, and they said Thompson couldn't do that here. This isn't a criminal case, but the criminal system forms the backdrop of all this because there are reasons a prosecutor might dismiss a case that have nothing to do with innocence, but both sides draw opposing conclusions from that premise. We'll see which way the court comes down. And then um, on Wednesday, the court will kick off with the case of the Boston Marathon bomber, United States versus Cernayoff. Uh, tell us about what the justices will consider in this one. So we talked about this case on our recent deep dive episode with Willie J. The legal issues are whether the trial judge should have done more to screen jurors' exposure to pretrial publicity, and also whether the judge should have allowed in certain evidence at sentencing related to the defendant's older brother, Tamerlan, who did the bombing with him and died after. The defendant wanted to show evidence of Tamerlan's involvement in unrelated murders to help show that he was acting under his older brother's influence in the marathon bombing. So those are the legal issues. Of course, Kimberly, in the background, we have here President Biden, who ran on an anti-death penalty platform, and Attorney General Garland over the summer imposed an execution moratorium. So I'm going to be curious at the argument whether the justices ask DOJ how that practical situation fits into the argument, if at all. And then finishing off this short week, what's the last case? So to wrap up, the court's October sitting is going to be Babcock. This involves the level of retirement benefits for government workers who hold, quote, dual status as civilian and military workers. And it involves the so-called windfall elimination provision. So this lowers Social Security benefits for federal workers who receive other federal retirement benefits, but uniformed service members are exempt. So here we have National Guard member David Babcock, who served for more than 30 years as a military technician, which is this hybrid position, which it's labeled as a civilian, but he has to wear a uniform. He was also deployed to Iraq um, during um, his time on the job. But still, the Sixth Circuit said that he didn't qualify for the service member distinction and ordered that his benefits be reduced. Um, Now, one thing that we're not supposed to do as journalists is say that um, this case doesn't matter. But the federal government told the justices and urging them not to take the case that it didn't warrant the court's time because it was, quote, of limited and diminishing practical significance. So uh, the justices were like, hey, that sounds great. Let's take that. Uh, And they did. And we'll hear about it on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our deep dive episode looking back 
on the October sitting. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I'm eager to talk about the case the justices heard uh, on Wednesday, this case of the state secrets privilege. The arguments got pretty heated. Until then, you can follow all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. My name is David Schultz, and I'm here to announce On the Merits, a new podcast from Bloomberg Law that brings you everything you need to know about the biggest legal stories of the week, coupled with smart interviews and analysis on a variety of topics, such as the incoming Biden administration's judicial priorities. So I think diversity is is kind of the watchword here. We'll also keep our eyes on the Supreme Court. Now everyone is on Breyer watch. We're all watching to see when or if Justice Breyer is going to step down. You'll hear voices and perspectives from across the legal industry, including reporters and editors, attorneys, legal scholars, general counsel. But lest you think this podcast is all just news you can use, from time to time we stumble on a court docket or legal opinion that, for whatever reason, just piques our interest. And he started this opinion, 224th of it, citing the Passchendaele battle is one of the largest battles of World War One. Um, that seems like a strange way to start off an opinion on corporate law. You can download On the Merits wherever you get your podcasts.